0: Hello, happy holidays, and welcome back to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm your host, TK, a teacher and pop culture enthusiast. In this episode, I'm joined by return guest and diehard Guardians of the Galaxy fan, Danny to discuss the recently released holiday special and the trailer for the upcoming Volume 3. If even after a lengthy hiatus you're enjoying the podcast you can follow me for updates and behind-the-scenes extras at anidea_podcast podcast on Instagram and Twitter and please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also support the show by purchasing There Was an Idea merchandise from Spring. The link is in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Today after about a 5 month hiatus, There Was An Idea is back for a brand new episode, and I'm thrilled to be joined by longtime friend of the show Danny to discuss The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special and our thoughts on the teaser trailer for Guardians Volume 3. Welcome Danny.
1: Thank you for having me, Tara. Glad to be back and after your hiatus as well.
0: well I'm I'm so excited to kick off this New era of There Was An Idea with you and talking about uh, two things that I know are dear, near and dear to your heart, Guardians of the Galaxy and Christmas time. But before we dive into all of that, just a few updates. Since the last episode of There Was An Idea, I've done a few guest spots on other podcasts. This summer, I joined friends of the show Trey and Jude for a Ms. Marvel recap over on MCU Need to Know. I also recently appeared on The Captioned Life, where our friend Sean and I discussed Phase 4 including a fun superlatives bit. And just last week, I did an episode with Rod and Ben at the Infinity Film Podcast, in which we did a collaborative tier ranking for Phase 4. And I also joined those guys a couple months ago for a comic book movie fantasy draft. So if any of that sounds up your alley, please check out those shows. Those are all amazing podcasts hosted by really awesome, cool people. And I'll have links in the show notes. So that's some of what I've been up to, but how about you, Danny? What's new with you since last we spoke?
1: Um, Well, let's see. Yeah. As you said, big, big fan of Christmas. So definitely trying to make the most of that season. But as far as creative uh, endeavors go, I feel like, yeah, I'm currently about in the process of, I guess, soon to have like website expert kind of like look through, look at my website and help me with, and in terms of like the blog. So, um, just a nice to get a like professional opinion on that because I've still been like developing those things, but I guess it'd be nice to put them into practice. Um, so I've been happy to have that moving forward a bit more recently, and kind of just making time for the arts in general. Otherwise, with drawing, writing, painting, and things like that. But yeah, excited to put them into practice soon.
0: And I'm excited to uh, hear more about those endeavors as they continue, and to support your your blogging as well. So the last time you were on the podcast, we were discussing Hawkeye, and since then, there have been a number of MCU releases, including No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, Wakanda Forever plus all of the Disney Plus shows and special presentations. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on those. You know, you and I have been in touch here and there, but for our listeners, let's talk some high points first. What have been some of your favorite installments since December 2021?
1: Uh, yeah, and I guess even thinking highs, lows, I feel like it's been like having all these newer projects and now having like a so much time passed between like, you know, WandaVision that started the whole new era. I think it's helped me also look back on like those projects and see what stood out, stood yeah. the test of time and and did or didn't. So definitely some of those earlier projects for sure. But as far as the recent one, I really did um enjoy Wakanda forever. I was just like really, really great movie viewing experience. Um music was amazing. The cast the the scenery the everything about it i just really enjoyed that one as well um nice to have another mutant in the mcu as well mm-hmm. so sort we're of inching towards our x-men but yeah otherwise i've been i think there's been let's see other highs i would say is probably like i want to say like moon knight and miss marvel really stood out to me um just because they were both characters that i didn't know a whole lot about so they surprised me in very nice ways they're very like endearing, genuine characters, and I like them a lot for very different reasons. Miss um, Marvel, I guess, especially that I wasn't like, I don't know, not that I wasn't looking forward to it, but I didn't know what to expect from it as much. So I really liked that, you know, that historical touch on it, The her character, um, just the actress, and just kind of hearing about everything that she was doing and everything that like, how big of a fan she was and everything. I, I did get a kick out of that, but... Yeah I guess there have been some other like I want to say lows in terms of recent projects and not to say that like for me being such a big Marvel fan like a low is it's still a movie that I enjoy still movie that like I'd watch it just Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in terms of phase four specifically here it's just not among I guess my favorites I think like yeah Doctor Strange 2 was one of those where I couldn't get into it as much but I did like you know, because they're all characters I love. I love the um, the effects, the action scenes, all things like that. But um, I just couldn't get into the movie as much. And I think the same was true in some ways for like Thor 4 and She-Hulk. I think Thor 4 was kind of like like a lot of fun. They did a good job, I think, with Jane considering she hasn't been in it a while and kind of like putting her in one movie. What could they do with her? But I feel like I guess in general for me it felt like the um it was more humorous and less like the emotional feeling behind it that maybe Thor Three had as much. Mm-hmm. I feel like that balanced the two a bit more. And then in terms of She-Hulk, yeah, I guess just you know, I loved her as a character. Um a lot of the things they did with the show was a lot of fun in terms of like Madison and and Abomination and Wong and Daredevil and things like that. I guess just like going through. Kind of like everything with, I know it was more supposed to be more sitcom-ish and less of like a consistent plot, but maybe that's something that I guess didn't work out for me in some ways. It's nice to, I guess that's a show that I think of like, I definitely like go back to certain episodes, especially getting like Daredevil back again. So but I really did like the character. I think just those were some of the recent things that didn't land for me as well.
0: Sure. Yeah. Hearing you reflect on that even briefly just is another reminder of how much how, how much content, how many new characters, how much change there really has been in the MCU in phase four and even in 2022 alone. And like you, I've I've felt those ups and downs. And and I've spoken to to that a bit on some of those other podcasts I've guessed I've guessed it on, but not as much here on this show. And And I think there will be opportunity to do so more uh as as i speak with some other folks uh more in depth about the most recent movies and shows but i i agree with what you're with what you're saying on a lot of those takes danny and i'm thinking about black panther wakanda forever being such a strong film like you i i count that among my highs i think definitely my favorite film of my favorite MCU film of 2022 by far and probably my favorite MCU film of all of phase four thinking about it. And maybe it's too early to say that since, um, since I have, I've only seen it a few times in theaters, but you know, compared to something like black widow or Shang Chi or no way home that I've seen so much more, but, but you know, I, I think that between Wakanda forever and the holiday special that we'll talk about in a few minutes, I feel like the end of Phase 4 has really been quite strong, and I'm feeling excited about what's coming up for the MCU as well. Like There recently have been a number of announcements, including the turnover at the Disney company, as well as some shifting release dates for the upcoming Phase 5 and Phase 6 projects, Uh, of course the announcement of two Avengers films coming up in the next few years with Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. And so I'm curious with all of these announcements and these shifts happening, how are you feeling about the future of the MCU moving forward?
1: Yeah, and I guess this is more like, you know, I want to say like more so a rumor than anything else, but I have heard the the surfacing of like everything that like, oh, they're gonna, they may delay some things, they may slow mm-hmm. some things down just to like kind of give some more breathing room. Between them and take some more time between them. Yeah, it talks about like the straight and how tough it is to kind of like pump that many things out Um, back to back. That being said, yeah, with like Wakanda Forever and um, yeah, just having the holiday special recently. I have yet to see Werewolf by Night, but I've heard really good things. So I know I need to, but I feel pretty good about it in terms of like now I'm really looking forward to ant-man 3 and looking forward to guardians 3 and some of these upcoming projects like secret invasion um so i feel like there's a lot to like be really excited about and i know like i was honestly surprised that they were announced so much at once in terms of like phase four phase five and six um because it did seem very jam-packed but i guess it's kind of continuing the trend of what they were doing in phase four which again i guess like in their defense did seem to have like a very strong positively well-received start mm-hmm. um, close to the beginning, but I guess some of these other projects that people haven't been as excited about or as positive about, um, I guess that's why maybe they'll space them out. Of course, very happy to hear the Daredevil's getting not mm-hmm. only a show, but such a very long show. Um, That's nice. It's like three months Daredevil or something, but overall, I'm excited. You know, if they have to space it out, I'd understand that too, but either way, I'm just excited for the content. I'm excited to see even the things that I'm less excited about because a lot of times some of my favorite things are the ones that like really surprise me the most.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, thinking of phase four as having been this bridge of old and new and now moving into phases five and six, and we are going to, of course, be introduced to some new characters and some new stories and corners of the universe. But it also seems like a lot of what what we loved in the infinity saga is coming together with some of the 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 freshness of phase four as we move into five as we move into five and as you mentioned with quantum mania in february and then guardians three in may we're really revisiting some of our our old favorite characters and seeing how how they're kind of fitting in this new multiversal world and, and so on so Um, I, I too, am really looking forward to Guardians Volume 3, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that trailer in a little while. But before we do, let's hear a little bit more about your relationship to the Guardians of the Galaxy. When you've been on the show before, you've talked about your relationship to the Marvel Universe more generally. But we're here today to talk about Guardians, and this, I know, is a corner of that larger MCU that has particular resonance for you. So tell us about your relationship to this sub-franchise and these characters.
1: Yeah, you know, I think I've also mentioned on the podcast uh, at one point or another that, you know, when talking about my relationship to Captain America that way back when, in 2014, that I chose to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 over Captain America the Winter Soldier in theaters, Mm -hmm. which is really funny looking back now, but at the same time, it's like, you know, um, Captain America Winter Soldier is like my favorite still, but Guardians 2 is right behind it because I think that one especially like I loved the first one and it was so unique and so fun. And but I think the uh the second one got me, I guess, very much more emotionally invested in their characters and kind of like the relationships they had with each other. I mean, the music was even better, had great heart humor. Um, again, I always go back to the Yondu death scene because mm-hmm. of how powerful it was to me. And I think just like I guess giving me my new favorite song. Um And just kind of like when you watch the first one, you never expect to care that much about that character and how they're able to do that and how they're able to kind of like, I guess, play with their expectations in ways that feel very fresh. Because I'm not as familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy comics. I know they're always changing and I've like read some of them or seen some of them in comic appearances. But I think more than a lot of other characters that it's the movies are so unique in that this is this team of guardians played by these actors. And it's not like, even if you read the comics for them, it doesn't always seem like they have to be like the certain way. Like of course, Captain America will be a certain way when you read him in certain stories and comics and movies. But I think like maybe what I'm sure this even elevates the movies for me in the sense that like, they do feel so separate and in the way that's like, you only get that experience in their movies. And I think that makes me really appreciate them a lot more as well.
0: And I know we've talked about this a little bit offline, but or I should say online, but off off air, so to speak. But who who are your favorite guardians?
1: It's always it's funny. It's not one of those questions that I guess is immediately like apparent. I want to say like, I guess I'd say like Peter and Rocket. Um maybe Mantis a little more after this one. It's hard because I'm about to start just like naming all of them. But it's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's honestly like the X-Men for me, where like like I love the X-Men so much, but not really because of anyone, usually. Mm-hmm. It's more just because of them as a unit. Um, so I feel very similarly about the Guardians. I guess I'd have to say, like, yeah, you I'll know, say Peter Rocket, but how can I leave out Groot? This is why it's <laughs> hard. Um, because they're such a team that Some of my favorite moments are one is with the other, and so on and so forth. But
0: well, I think I guess
1: I'll say Peter. Yeah, I'll stick with Peter and Rocket for now, (laughs) but it's pretty much all of them in one way or another.
0: Well, I, I think your response is so fitting because I think that what is so delightful about the Guardians' corner of the universe is exactly that it is the team up and it is the interactions and the dynamics among the characters. And of course, we see a lot of that in the recent Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And when we were chatting online a little bit after it came out, I, I knew that between your love for the Guardians and your love for Christmas that you were telling me about, that you'd be the perfect guest to join me for this episode. And again, I can't thank you enough for being here and kind of joining me to return to to the podcast after what's been this long hiatus. And it just feels like such a an exciting, fitting re, re, renewal. So thank you again for that. And so why don't you tell us just in general first, what did you think of this holiday special and did it live up to any expectations that you had seeing these characters in their own piece here now for the first time since Guardians 2?
1: Yeah, well, first off, I really did like it. Just to um, call out quickly, getting like slightly off topic, but it, I feel like I've been very fortunate in the Guardians content that we've had recently with the mm-hmm. holiday special, Guardians 3, and also like... I've had more recent trips to the Disney World and Disneyland and yes. got to like, for the first time, go on like the uh, the Tower of Terror that was like redone into the Guardians ride and um, the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster in Epcot, which is just so much fun, but also just like because I love those characters so much, it really enhances it even more and how they use music in the ride. So that's a little side note, but um, relevant in that it's about them, but... Yeah, in terms of the holiday special, um, yeah, I just really liked it. I I felt like it was, you know, it it felt very fitting for them to make a holiday special with them because it didn't feel, I guess all of these silly Christmas shenanigans and things that they did were so like, they were so out there, but they didn't feel out of place for a group like this. And because they've done it before, it didn't also feel out of place when they went to more wholesome times or more like... Mm -hmm heartfelt moments, which, of course, some of those were like, okay, it's a Christmas special, I get it. But other ones were like, no, this is kind of... These are the types of things I could see in a, in a Guardian special. Anyway, so it felt, like, very true to their characters. And I love how, uh, again, we'll talk more about this, I'm sure, but I love how it honestly kind of, like, furthered the plot in ways that it didn't necessarily have to or you wouldn't have expected it to with things that they revealed, even if they seem like little things that just added to the whole... You know sub franchise that they are, so yeah, really liked it overall. Really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about this this Venn diagram between Christmas special and Guardians, and and, and where we see the overlap here. And I I think you articulated that really nicely. And I. I I agree with you. I, I thought this special was delightful. I didn't necessarily have high expectations going in, though. Of course, I was excited to see the Guardians again, and I was excited for what the soundtrack might be because I thought that the Hawkeye, um, the oh, the Hawkeye score was excellent, uh, in my opinion. But also on top of that, the song choices in, in Hawkeye I thought were great in the way they they incorporated holiday music and so thinking about what James Gunn and the folks who are involved in the music supervision and the music world for the Guardians films like thinking about how they might um, incorporate holiday music into this special was something I was really excited for and not disappointed by at all and I agree with you it felt very very heartfelt very heartwarming and funny and absurd like the Guardians always are. But not to not to a level where it was too over the top for me. And that's one of the things that for not not to compare too much, but for Thor Love and Thunder, I felt like there were some, you know, absurd comedic bits that were fine, you know, the first time I watched the film. Um, but then ultimately seeing that film a few times, I was like, okay, these funny bits are not landing as well as they did the first time and then on top of that it felt like there was some emotional resonance that was missing from that film for me mm-hmm. and then seeing this i was just brought back to what i think the mcu can do so well which is having these really funny having these really funny moments and then also kind of like you know, once you punched like with something humorous and then something that's actually really emotional and sweet. Um, And I I just think it kind of captured that tone in a pitch, pitch perfect way. I also really loved seeing different character, seeing different characters kind of come into the forefront, especially seeing Mantis um, have a bigger role here than what we've seen her have before in the films. So Uh, Overall, I really enjoyed it. And it feels rewatchable, like rewatching it a few times. It's got that holiday feel. It's got that music that makes it feel like it could become a holiday staple that you watch every year. And in terms of the comedy, too, there are things that don't get old and actually get funnier (laughs) um, the Mm -hmm. more the more you watch it. So, you know, here here on there was an idea. We typically talk about the big, big ideas and the concepts that really stand out from, from the installments in the MCU, those kind of larger thematic threads that we can trace across the, the grand tapestry of this the this, this storytelling. Here in this special, it's brief, it's fun, it doesn't have any type of villain, um, but it it does certainly have some important character moments. And just curious for your take on it, Danny, are there some themes here that stick out? Is there a big there was an idea here in the Guardians holiday special for you?
1: Yeah, I guess to your point, it's kind of it's so intertwined with Christmas. It's it's a continuation of the Guardian story, but it's not like I did have a few, but they're not really more like I guess it, I don't want to say like it's it's groundbreaking or. Anything that, like, any different from the other times they've appeared and mixed in with, like, holiday themes. So I think, like, main words that came to mind were, like, family, which, of course, they always kind of, like, emphasize. But especially, like, the focus on Mantis as Peter's sister. And then just the ideas of, you know, and that interwoven with Christmas to give us, like, just the spirit of giving. um, The thought behind it and what it meant for these characters and... Just kind of like the traditions, whether it's Peter's, Peter's traditions, just the tradition of Christmas, how it got passed down, how like, again, can't, can't talk about musical moments without talking about the, the first song when they're reciting all the traditions that they've heard <laughs> through rocket, through yep. the loophole, um, or through the wormhole. But yeah, I think those are some of the key standout themes. But again, it's not like, like you said, short, fun, lighthearted. It's not more like not insanely deep or, or groundbreaking in that sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I like that you picked up on what you did in terms of uh, family and traditions there, because of course those are, are themes of pretty much any holiday special, but they are also consistently themes for the Guardians. And so I think that just speaks to how great of a match these characters and this part of the world really is for this uh this type of christmas special but Mm -hmm. thinking some more about our characters here what are some of the standout character moments where do we see some places where our characters might be interacting in new ways or particularly delightful ways or where do we see any maybe change or growth happening for our characters here
1: yeah well i guess uh Going moment by moment, and kind of diving into some of those things a little deeper. Um, yeah, I guess from the first time we really saw Mantis, we got to see her interact with Drax, but still seeing them go off on their own and kind of like be that duo um, was really amazing. Like the first thought that comes to mind when you say standout character moments is just kind of, honestly, when they break into like Kevin Bacon's house, he's also watching like Santa Claus versus the Martians or something mm-hmm. like that, which makes it even better, but... Just everything about that's just hilarious. It's 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 fun because the whole ever since I saw the trailer, like the whole shenanigan to kidnap him, I'm like, it's nice that it comes from such a wholesome, nice place, but it's also like so wacky and mm-hmm. so them. Um, talk about mantis, who I love how much we get to see more of here. I think, like one thing we never really got to see her do before was like bite or move yeah. around like that. So I think getting to see that like more agile side of her, or against the cops later on and things like that like I think yeah that was just like a this was especially like a big spotlight on her and just a lot of fun moments with her but then a lot of like deeper like who she was her identity as Peter's sister which going out of her way to like make that Christmas better and kind of like everything like that so I think there was definitely a spotlight on her we saw so many different like sides of her than we usually do absolutely previously
0: And I, dude, like when she first started hopping around Kevin Bacon's house, that was both hilarious (laughs) and terrifying. Like that was, that was so great. And like you said, to see her fight, it makes me excited for what we might see in volume three moving forward. And uh, I I completely agree on the mantis front. Like just how funny too the interactions with the elf and the candy cane that she and Drax have the funny little man and uh, the little, the little funny man. And like, how, how could you possibly think this is a man and like like what I, I don't know it's a shape like and, and like those bits mm-hmm. like I don't know if it's it's I mean credit of course to the actors um and and the way that was written because each time I've seen it that that makes me laugh and it's just so so absurd and um and ridiculous but like you said yeah. we get those heartfelt moments from her too so really loved her mm-hmm. character here too
1: yeah, and Drax flips over a car, and then she's like, "Do you guys think this is a man?" <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. continuing the bit, it's it's great. Yeah. It works for them. It works in general. But yeah, I love all the shenanigans in the club, and kind of like taking pictures with everyone. Drax mm-hmm. speeding up the uh, the Go Go Bot or whatever it's called. Oh um, yeah, yeah, definitely like very very fun shenanigans that I've watched it twice and then I've landed both times. So. In that sense, yeah, I kind of see that side of her, but also still having that humor and that that fun that we always have. Um, I think another one for me was kind of like, I guess these are more chronological, but especially like being such a big Christmas person and knowing the meaning behind it. Of course, when they first reveal everything to Peter and reveal the gift to him, um, like Kevin Bacon Park gets more funny and everything at that point, but honestly just like, <laughs> the light display and the sheer amount of effort that they all went to um to recreate that to cheer him up to do that for him the you know of course the previous connection with these characters really makes that even more heartfelt the love of Christmas it's like oh that's such like a really 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 super nice display and super beautiful display so I really like seeing that of course you know like the whole thing showcasing their I guess quote unquote more like you know, ignorance and knowing that that's not something you can do, and Mantis mm-hmm. just like good, good intentions, good ends at the same time, just trying to cheer him up since Gamora's not there, and since Yandu like up to that point, they thought he like quote unquote ruined Christmas for him. Um, I think that was like just a really like heartfelt scene.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, I thinking about Peter in this, I like you said before, even though it is this brief holiday special one off thing that is very silly in many ways it does connect to the larger guardian story and uh in in a, in a few moments and i think that getting the presence of yandu back and feeling the presence of yandu after after his death in volume 2 is really well done here in um in in that animated flashback and we really get a glimpse at young peter and think, you know, an opportunity to kind of reflect on on Peter's character and what he's been through. And it's humorous, of course, but it does give us some insight into his character to hear this story, of course, from Craglin's point of view, but to hear this story of, um, you know, being a young boy and that connection that he did have to Earth and that desire that he did have for Christmas. And, and then, of course, the... Um, Yondu taking the gift out of the trash at the end and it's it's one of those little toys and uh, then leaving the gift for Peter the guns like again humorous but it, it it reminds us of the connection between those two characters in a really sweet way.
1: Yeah and just another way that again like like you just mentioned with the guns and with the gifts and everything like how it retroactively enhances their like relationship in the sense of like oh this Happened before the events of the first one, but of course, you never really like knew that at that point. So maybe even going back and watching like the first and second one, it'll really more context and insight into like how much Yondu kind of did mean to him, even though it was kind of like strange, not as direct as that every time. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love how they were able to add such like a meaningful moment in the past to kind of like enhance his character, even though it was, of course, he's not here anymore.
0: Yeah, I love that you said context and insight, right? Because that's something that they didn't necessarily have to do in this holiday special, but I appreciate that they did in those subtle and effective ways. And to that point, I mean in terms of the larger world, we do find out that the guardians have bought nowhere from the collector, so that is an and that's mm-hmm. a new that's a new development um that will mm-hmm. hopefully lead us into Volume 3, with, with with some thoughts. And we see Rocket interacting with Cosmo, the space dog, of course. And we get to hear from Cosmo a little bit. And one of the other things that I liked, just kind of in the background, was was Nebula. And thinking about how you know her character's been through a lot. And I anticipate we'll really see some growth as we move into Volume 3 with her. But one of the things that stands out, it's just a background little thing, is uh, the second song that uh, the second performed song in in the special that Kevin Bacon is singing, there's a scene where you can kind of see her attempting to dance and it's really awkward, mm-hmm. but just kind of yeah. seeing like those little moments of humanity come out of Nebula a little bit more, I thought was uh, really interesting too.
1: Yeah, and seeing her still have that attitude, which is hilarious and talking about how not all actors are pieces of crap, mm-hmm. um, amazing. But then also going from that to seeing her like <laughs> remembering that rocket wanted Bucky's arm yeah. I and mean, getting it somehow, which was <laughs> hilarious in and of itself. Makes you think it's like, how the heck did he did she get that? But just the the fact that like, yeah, her connection to this group after everything she's been through, like, because she's been someone that we really got to know a bit through Guardians too. but then since then they've been, you know, it's been Infinity War, Endgame, Thor 4, and now kind of here we are seeing like that time pass and that relationship deepen, especially because she was separated from them for years too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely and it's that kind of attention to detail and and I lo- I just keep coming back to what you said that context that it's providing that insight uh that I think, you know, James Gunn did so well here with this with this special the the gift giving scene was great, like <laughs> the, the Buggy's arm, and then the we get the little funny man come back when Mantis gives gives Trax the little elf thing. And I love mm-hmm. um Peter giving Groot the Game Boy and then Groot giving them dioramas that are recapping the special we just watched, which I thought was yes. really hilarious. Um, I love
1: how Kraklin's is just Kraglin <laughs> looking at the gift that Kraklin has, like in several different versions. It's great. That it's especially great.
0: So silly. Um, what did you think of Groot and his look here? I was
1: a little, like, it's growing on me a little bit. I was a little surprised. It looks like yeah. I thought he cleared with the baby head at first. But um, I kind of got used to it more as it went on. I was just, like, surprised initially. But I can see it's kind of like the, yeah. Uh, I guess he's like a young adult now. <laughs> um, supposedly, as far as, like, the timeline goes. So. Yeah. The more you see it, the more you get used to it. But I was assuming the head would be a little more like adult too. It still looks like very much like the the more kid head. in That sense.
0: Yeah. Very. It was very strange. Like the first time he came on screen, I was like, "What is that?" Like <laughs> it, mm. it was a, it was bizarre. But to your point too. After after watching it a couple of times, I, I got I got over that a little bit. But um, you know, always always delightful to see Groot. I imagine this is a an awkward in between stage for 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 Groot. Um, and then Rocket, there's not, not much going on here for Rocket, if I remember correctly. There is, of course, Kevin Bacon calls him a raccoon and we see how, how he reacts to being called a raccoon, which is consistent for his character. Any other characters that were missing or, or other character moments that stand out?
1: Well, just when you mentioned Rocket too, I guess that made me think that we got a little bit more of a look at, at Cosmo, the dog, yep. um, never, was you know, only seen before in like brief scenes or very, very minor appearances. So I think even honestly, just probably once if if that, but yeah, nice to get that sense of like another character that could be in the third one or could be part of their team to some extent, but let's see. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could talk about Kevin Bacon himself in terms (laughs) of like his relation, everything.
0: I thought that the Kevin Bacon scenes were really hilarious Uh, I I thought that you know of course he's playing himself but I I thought that it was really delightful to see him here do you think he'll be back in in future in volume three or any other future MCU installments
1: I don't know I I guess in a sense he doesn't like need to be but it would be it would be nice to see them do that little callback and like have him have that appearance because I wasn't sure that he would be like I guess in this entire special like he was so Mm -hmm. I did appreciate that I love the scene where they're like they're discovering that he's not an actual hero yeah. um <laughs> that's amazing It just shows they're like they're delightful ignorance about things that of course they can't know but mm-hmm. yeah that mixed him with the very christmas moment later on when he's like oh, i guess i should stay and help them with christmas <laughs> <laughs> Help this guy.
0: Yeah, it was it was that trope yeah. of like telling his wife, like, I think I'm gonna be a little late. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. it's really, yeah. really silly. Um, but but they really nailed that tone. I loved like, oh no, he's an actor. Actors are repugnant, you know, like so that whole bit was <laughs> yeah was, was great. I think um, I threw
1: up in my mouth a little. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Uh and I also love Peter, like, this isn't a Christmas gift, this is human trafficking. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know of course you know the big character reveal here or or the thing that is is kind of like the the underlying um momentum i suppose of the story is mantis's reveal to peter that they are in fact you know siblings uh through through ego is that something that you saw coming or how did that reveal land for you
1: i think it, it did land in general for me it's one of those things where it's like I didn't necessarily see it coming, but also when they said it, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I guess I could see how that would come to pass naturally, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess just knowing her as we did before, it was just kind of like, she more servant than child in terms of like how she was treated and everything, especially with the fact that all his other children were pretty much dead (laughs) um, or died early on in the process. So yeah, I didn't expect it, but I was very like pleased by it. I think that you know, that led to the emotional core of the whole movie that, or the whole special with all the wackiness and all the goofiness, you still know there was that very, like, pure, sweet, um, I guess, emotional backbone to it. And then when they had that talk at the end, it was kind of like, they still had that nice little heart-to-heart that was very reminiscent of, like, other emotional scenes in the Guardians franchise. So that felt very, like, on-brand for them as well.
0: Very much so. Very much so. And speaking of on-brand for the Guardians, there is, of course, the music aspect of it. I have a couple of favorite music moments here, although I think the entire soundtrack is great. And I love that we see the band, the old 97s, make an appearance here as the alien band. And uh, the old 97s and and the, the front man who's uh, done some solo music as well, Red Miller, um, that I've been familiar with some of their stuff and uh, was just really excited to to see them here. And uh, but in addition to that, one of my favorite music moments that we get here, needle drop we get here, is when when Drax and Mantis are at the gay bar and they're dancing and there's alcohol to be had and they're playing uh, the track "Christmas Rapping" by the waitresses, which is probably like my number one favorite Christmas song, even though it's like so silly. I just I, I love how. 80s it is and I just kind of fit the moment perfectly so I was of course mm-hmm. delighted to to hear that track here in the special um what about you Danny any other favorite music moments
1: yeah um I like that one a lot too and I like how it like a day after the um the holiday special came out I already saw how like people were like oh you can um Mantis couldn't work and it's fine but She-Hulk does and uh <laughs>
0: Oh, that's People hilarious.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, I already <laughs> saw that comparison. That.
0: That's so and, funny. Um,
1: but yeah, very endearing with her and that whole scene and everything. So that was a good one. Um, I think, you know, when we talk about tradition, of course, like the very beginning, the first song that we get sets the scene for everything when they're singing about, like, I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas mm-hmm. time is here, that song where it's like just comically outlandish and so ridiculous and so untrue compared to like obviously what we know Christmas is but I love that that's kind of like how the legends and the traditions spread in that sense so it's good in the sense of like it's hilarious but it's also kind of funny to think about like oh this is how like that little game of telephone worked in terms of like here's what Christmas (laughs) is versus here's what like one person was told so I love that sense of that and it just sets the stage for like how much of a little fun time we're in for <laughs> with the little holiday special in general. Absolutely. I think one of the other one, one of the other ones that stands out too is, um, and again, they did a good job with picking like lesser known Christmas songs. or like ones that weren't necessarily like as much of like the basic songs, which I appreciated because it felt more unique in that sense. Like I've never heard, I want an alien for Christmas, <laughs> but I think it really fit. <laughs> it really fit the scene when they were breaking into Kevin Bacon's house, so good. Right after he's watching the movie about aliens, after they're trying to kidnap him, um, yeah, I I really loved that one as well because even though it was a song I didn't know, it just fit very well for what what was happening. Just kind of like added to everything that was already like all the chaos that was already going on.
0: Absolutely, and I'm also kind of a fan of of like indie Christmas songs. So I I love Christmas Treat by Julian Casablancas, which plays here. And uh, you already spoke about the scene a little bit, but when all of the beautiful light display and the surprise of of, of the of Christmas is uh, when when Peter is experiencing that surprise and that that look of wonder on his face, uh, the the song playing is a Smashing Pumpkins song, Christmas Time, and I love that song. It's it's you know the Smashing Pumpkins singing about Christmas in the way that. The Smashing Pumpkins music always sounds, which is kind of melancholic and like almost overly serious. And yet they're singing about Christmas time being here and there being toys. And you know, it's it's kind of an, an interesting juxtaposition. And yet I love that it was playing over that scene because it just hits this chord of of nostalgia and just like um, I wish, I, like just, I don't know. There's just that melancholy tone to it, and yet it's just very, very, very beautiful. I love that song. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and it did it's a testament again to like using songs like that that song specifically in that moment but just the fact that they use lesser known or like indie christmas songs in that sense because it kind of like highlighted yeah the guardians are always more unique in that sense you're not always going to hear like the basic songs that you hear everywhere else they're always so unique and well known for their music and um they really make the most of it more than a lot of other like movies or marvel projects or things like that so
0: I completely agree and also have some thoughts on that related to the trailer we got for volume three. But before we talk a little bit more about that trailer, any other lingering thoughts you have about the holiday special?
1: Oh, well, there was um, the little not to Kingo in the background there. When That's they were right. At Earth in the background. So I enjoyed that. <laughs> nice little Eternals reference. Um, trying to think lingering thoughts. No, just kind of like. I like the post credit scene that they were like, you know, wrapping in Christmas lights <laughs> and then he fell off, ruined it, fell off. And they're like, I oh, guess we need another holiday special.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like very that nice too.
1: Little, little fourth wall thing there, but very delightful. Um, wouldn't mind getting more of these holiday specials too, honestly, but probably not. But like you said, it has the rewatchability, and just me being a big Christmas fan, this and I've been meaning to like rewatch Hawkeye too, just because it's Christmas. But I did enjoy it a lot too, of course. But yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And I kind of like, I think like we've been saying, because they did those plot-driven things that didn't, like, I guess this would have still been a fun, delightful holiday special without those things. But the fact that they didn't sacrifice, including some plot things retroactively, um, giving more context to things. I think all of that kind of like left me enjoying it, wanting to rewatch it, but also just making me really excited for Guardians 3 like, ready for the more Guardians content.
0: I completely agree with you there. And the first teaser trailer for Guardians uh, did make its way to us. Uh, I guess that was last week at the time of this recording. And I, for one, was completely taken by it and just loved what we saw here. What are some of your thoughts on, on the trailer, Danny?
1: Um. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of, like, different things. Again, very taken by all of it the what i feel like i see is could be happening or even all the things that i just have no idea about because i like you know i don't always like to like look for like i don't always like to watch those like trailers second by second breakdown where are they here what is happening here yes sometimes just the general things i hear more about but like yeah i like how much i feel like i don't know about this movie going in but also how much of like it still has that emotional core it still has that like heart and humor. I think like one of my first things was in the beginning when (laughs) Drex literally pelts that kid with the ball. Um, It was just like, you know, that kind of Guardians humor that I love. I literally cracked up at that scene and it kind of gets me every time I watch it. So it's like, okay, (laughs) the Guardians are back. But of course in Guardians fashion, it goes from that straight to like, straight to emotion, straight to Mantis saying don't forget where we came from. Ace the music, all these like you know it's going to be so emotional, and you know you're going to get so many different things here, and so much is going to happen um, in terms of Rocket's past and reuniting with Gamora. And it's funny too; I feel like there's so much going on in the trailer in the beginning that, like, when they get to Adam Warlock, I, like I keep forgetting that he's there because I'm just like I'm so more like I'm just more concerned about whatever these characters are going through. Otherwise, that I'm like, oh yeah, you're here too.
0: Completely, I'm I'm completely with you and. Um, more so than trying to look into any Easter eggs or make too many predictions about based upon the trailer, I just am am soaking up the 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 vibe of it, which, to your point, is completely on brand for Guardian's vibe. We have uh, an excellent song choice in in the meantime by Space Hog. And of course, it's like, you know, this rousing orchestral trailer version of that song, which I think looks perfect. Uh, which I think, which I think sounds perfect. And I, man, when I heard that don't forget where we came from line and that fade of, of this little raccoon looking thing, presumably young Rocket into grown up Rocket, I immediately felt that and felt that emotion. Rocket is definitely one of my favorite characters. And knowing that we're going to be seeing more of his backstory is something that I am really really looking forward to and also something I'm a little bit nervous about um, in terms of just how mm-hmm. emotional it seems like it will be um, there's there, he's also embracing another little animal at one point and I'm like, oh who's that and uh, when he says I'm not done running and he says we'll fly away together and man like those are some really profound beautiful lines and a lot coming from rocket. So mm-hmm. I, as a fan of that character, I'm I'm just really, really looking forward to to that. And I also noticed again, like a little moment where where Nebula looks like really joyful, and and um, I thought that was cool too.
1: Yeah, and you talk about what Rocket said and how powerful it is coming from him, like when he's like, "Well, I'll fly it together again, one more time," and I'm like, "Oh God!" <laughs> I know feels like the end of like it's the end of the sub franchise. It's always like, you know, I mean, I guess. I guess at least with other Marvel trilogies that we've had earlier on or Marvel sub-franchises kind of been like, they've come at a place where we've known like, okay, we're going to get these characters again in a bigger project after. But I feel like this one, it's like, okay, we got through our infinity war and Endgame, And now it's like, which of these characters will we, or won't we see again after this? Maybe this is our last time seeing some of them or just like this combination or anything like that. So that's the part that especially makes it more emotional that like, this could be the last time we see some of them. Yes. Um, I feel like um it's like I'm worried about a death happening because I feel like that it would make sense for like a grand finale in that sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like even if it doesn't, still what they're gonna go through is going to be so emotional that like they can they can um they can make us feel all sorts of things without having to kill a character if they if that's how they went.
0: Absolutely on a less emotional note, on a purely aesthetic note, the suits also look amazing. Like those kind of blue and copper, like with the copper kind of looking lining. And then the, Mm -hmm. um, the spacesuits that like red, green, orange, yellow, blue spacesuits that are all different colors, like very 2001 space odyssey. I loved what that looked like. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for the visuals of the film too.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I've read it. Like I've seen enough of Guardians comics so now at least like the bluer suits are kind of like some of the like the more recent, more popular like Guardians costumes or uniforms that okay. they do wear. So it's nice to see that like actually in person. But it's it's also like, I guess it makes sense for them to have it at a time like this when like they've really like solidified their roster and solidified like their role as guardians with each other. And they're just like they've reached a point of like, I guess so much you know, so much better synergy than they used to have with the Mm -hmm. infighting and everything that it really does feel like it's like them together against whatever the heck is going to happen next, because they're feel like they've had time to get through all the infighting and now they're just going to like deal whatever else comes their way with the new villain and everything like that.
0: Absolutely. So May 5th, 2023, hopefully that remains intact and uh, we'll have guardians volume three and Danny, maybe, maybe you'll be back uh, here on There Was An Idea to talk more about it in, in the future.
1: Oh, I definitely. I mean, I would definitely enjoy that. I know it's probably going to like emotionally destroy me, but in general, <laughs> like I'm so, so, so excited. Again, like I mentioned, it's been my most anticipated Marvel project for a while. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't think it's going to disappoint from the looks of that trailer and from just like the track record that they have with everything. Just like the whole talk again, and like face the music. It seems so fitting for them, so Absolutely. emotional, but also, I hope there's still plenty of humor. I know we're gonna get emotion, but I hope it's still that like nice combination that they're so well known for.
0: I I have confidence that it will be, and I have confidence that we're moving into uh, a great 2023 for the mcu so danny i want to thank you so much again for joining me to discuss the guardians of the galaxy and and really for you know our our casual conversation online really being the push to get back on the microphone and release an episode of the show so before we go is there anything that you want to plug um or and or any last thoughts that you'd like to leave us with
1: i guess yeah what i mentioned in the beginning i will keep you forward Um, sorry, keep you posted on like those creative projects and the blog and everything like that. Yes. Um, When there's more like, I guess, solidified things or dates are more on there. But otherwise, as far as last thoughts, I feel like we got to talk about most of what you know, everything I had about this. I'm just very, very excited for where the MCU is going and for where for this movie in particular, but also Ant-Man. We'll definitely have to talk about that when that comes out. That's only A little more than a month away, which is nice.
0: Coming up soon. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you again, Danny. And we'll talk to you soon.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me, Dan.